Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. Is August 21st, 2017. My name is Philip Rosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be back here on a Monday. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Not going to hold you here long. Got a few things I want to talk, talk about today. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the 2018 schedule and talk a little bit about watchability rankings and, and some of the latest projections that are out for the Orlando Magic season and what they mean for the Magic this year. So just going to talk quickly about those. We'll see more of those come out as the summer wanes on. But of course, this weekend was a big weekend for the Orlando Magic, or just an interesting weekend, at least for the Orlando Magic, as two Orlando Magic players took the floor against each other. That's right. Saturday, August 19th, the Orlando Magic's Evan Fournier took on Nikola Vucevic and Montenegro with France taking on Montenegro in an international friendly uh, over in Toulouse, France. It was a game that uh, that at least Magic people were excited about. Evan Fournier tweeted before the game that he was excited to take on his guy, uh, Nikola Vucevic. They're, they're really close friends on the team. Uh, and it was just, had this feeling that it was going to be a, a good-natured game. Now, Montenegro is not one of the powerful teams in the country or in Europe. They're not going to be one of the teams that we're expecting to compete for a medal. And, and France is one of those teams. France is one of those teams that's expected to reach, to, to get far into Eurobasket and potentially win a medal. So the final result to this game, not a huge surprise. France won fairly easily. It is a friendly, so it's not a huge, huge deal. It's not a huge thing. But it was, you know, not it was not an insignificant 100 to 70 win for France. Nikola Vucevic played fine, 12 points, five rebounds. It's kind of par for the course for him uh, in these international games. His game doesn't always fit the international game. A lot of defenses focus on him. It's you know you can zone defense a little bit, so it's a little bit tougher for him to score in the same ways. But uh, you know he from from the video that I saw, and there's very limited video on this. He looked okay, looked fine. I'm I'm not concerned about him. Uh, as I would suspect, they'll ramp up play heading into Eurobasket or once Eurobasket starts uh, at the end of the month. The real story in this game, though, was Evan Fournier. Fournier only played in four minutes in this game. He uh, Reports from this game are very sparse, unfortunately. It, there isn't a lot of good information on it, but apparently he did leave the game early on with a uh, with some type of injury. Um, I heard some reports that it was a like a, a pulled groin or, or something like that. I was too afraid to Google Fournier and groin. Uh, I know that gets you into trouble. So kind of let it stand. France had a game Sunday. They opted to hold him out for the rest of the game. He played only four points, missed his only two shots. The injury is certainly not serious because Fournier came back on Sunday and had a huge game 
for France as they defeated Italy fairly easily once again as, as France is really uh, rounded, is beginning to round into form ahead of Eurobasket beginning. On Sunday, Evan Fournier ended up with 17 points in 20 minutes. He made uh, 6 of his 12 shots in the game and that kind of a stat line has been the par for the course for Fournier in these warm-up games. He's played now in five warm-up games. Uh, actually, I think six warm-up games uh, for France uh, as they prepare for Eurobasket. Again, begins August 31st for them. Uh, and they and Fournier has just played that well. Just efficient, making shots, attacking the basket, getting some assists. He's had three or four assists. You know, games with three or four assists. You know, I have two, three assists. It's really not his game. He's not the primary playmaker, but he is a primary scorer. And when he gets the ball, he is scoring. And that's a good sign because last year, Fournier didn't have the efficiency that you would want. Um, for, for the Magic last year, Fournier averaged a team-high 17.2 points per game, which is really nice. I mean, that, that's that's what you expect from Fournier, about 15, 16, 17 points per game. That's, that's pretty good for him. But he only shot 35.6% from beyond the arc and 50.8% effective field goal percentage. The 35.6% Three-point shooting was the lowest of his career, so that's not a good sign. And the effective field goal percentage dipped with it, the second lowest of his career. So, to me, that says more about the Magic not having the spacing, or maybe Fournier not quite used to the to the skill level that's here, or it might be something of the competition. Again, I think the consensus among all of us here is that Fournier should not be your number one option if you want a winning team. And that's not a knock on Fournier as a player. A lot of people, I think, want to... And I've seen plenty of this uh, and talking to Magic fans and talking on the uh, on the internet and just getting a vibe about people. There are people who think Evan Fournier is not a good basketball player. That's not true. He's just in the wrong role. And the role he's playing for France, while he's still in a heavy offensive role, is a role that is more conducive to his skills. And it's it's showing through. For France, in the in the six games he's played... He's averaging 12.6 points per game, shooting 50.9% from the floor. Of course, that includes that game against Montenegro. Take that game out. In the five games he's played outside of the Montenegro game, he's averaging 16.6 points per game, shooting 52.2% from the floor, and 61.4% effective field goal percentage. That's the kind of number, that's the kind of production you want to see from Evan Fournier. Again, this is a 40-minute game. This is a little bit weaker competition. Uh, but these are friendlies, and it, it certainly seems like this is the kind of play that we can expect Fournier to play once Zero Basket begins. You got guys like uh, like Nando DiColo and Boris Diaw carrying a lot more of the playmaking and passing. Allows Fournier to work off the ball where I think he is much more effective, and I think that's why we're seeing Fournier look like the Evan Fournier that, that I think most of us believe the Magic need. So I, I am personally very encouraged by what we've seen from Evan Fournier so far uh, in Eurobasket prep. It's obviously got to take it a little bit grain of salt, but I think we'll see this carry over to Eurobasket. And so good to see him back on the floor Sunday after the scare Saturday. Just again, not a lot of information on that, but um, good to see him back on the floor Sunday. Played well. France doesn't play again for another week, so no concerns with Evan Fournier as we get closer and closer to Eurobasket. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. 
and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. As we continue on here uh, in the summer, we are looking slowly ahead to the 2018 season. Of course, last week was the big schedule reveal. It came out on Monday. We did a big podcast on it to, on Tuesday's show. So be sure to check that out uh, on the Locked On Magic podcast, uh, Audio Boom, as well as iTunes feed, uh, to get a look, uh, a basic look at the 2018 schedule. There have been a few other looks at the 2018 schedule that I do, and a few other points that I do think are worth pointing out uh, at this juncture as as we wait for the season to begin. First off, the Magic will have the longest homestand in the NBA, or tied for the longest homestand in the NBA at seven games. That homestand begins uh, the second week of March. Um, big homestand, late season, very winnable games there. It starts off kind of weird. It's a uh, um, they they come back from a from their longest road trip of the season actually to play a back to back at San Antonio and then home versus Milwaukee, very odd. Then they play Boston. Then they get some days off. So really five big games there at the end in the middle of March at the Magic probably have to feel like they got to get four of those five games if if they're even in the playoff hunt at that point. So some big moments coming up for the Magic uh, if they want to be the team that they want to be. But there are some interesting notes as well that I think are worth noting, and a lot of these come from Positive Residual, which posted this fantastic uh, schedule tool on Nylon Calculus. Uh, according to Positive Residual, the Magic will have 15 back-to-backs this year, which is the same number as last year, and is actually among the heavy side of teams with back-to-backs this year. The, the most back-to-backs that any team in the NBA will have this year is 16. So the Magic don't look out there. But where, what is interesting is they luck out somewhere else. The Magic will travel 47,630 miles this year, which is sounds like a lot. But typically, the Magic travel some of the longest distances, total distances in the league, which makes sense geographically. I mean, Florida is kind of at the corner of the country. Not a lot of teams close to them. You know, Atlanta is an hour away. Miami is, you know, a short plane ride away. But, you know, Memphis is that far away. They only go there once anyway. Charlotte's little getting a little bit far, further away. That there, there aren't a lot of teams within the Magic's general vicinity. So that does mean that they typically travel a lot. However, this year, the Magic travel about the, the league average or the league median in miles this season, which is, a, I think, a huge, huge uh, benefit for the team, something that... Uh, that they haven't really experienced. I know Frank Vogel talked about this actually last year, coming from Indiana, where there's a lot of teams in that vicinity between Cleveland, between Detroit, between Chicago, even Milwaukee's kind of close. You could maybe say Minnesota's a little bit of a trip, but not too far. Uh, there are a lot of teams within the general area of the Indiana Pacers, and he said it was a little bit of an adjustment for him to to change the practice schedule for all the travel the Magic had to do, and they'll still have to travel some far distances. But the fact that those that travel number is down, uh, especially for some of those West Coast trips, I think that is a huge benefit to the Magic, and that's that may be an advantage that we see play out over the course of the year. 
another area where the Magic do have some uh, intriguing advantages is in games with a rest disadvantage. The Magic will actually play some of the, the fewest games with a rest disadvantage this season. Now, a rest disadvantage is essentially where the team you're playing has more rest than you do, which it's going to happen over the course of the season. And the NBA, in formulating the 2018 schedule, did try to eliminate a lot of these. The Magic don't play as many games with a rest advantage as, as you would like, perhaps, but they will play some of the fewest games with a rest disadvantage. Just 18 games with a rest disadvantage. That is the fourth fewest in the league. That means these are games where the team has less rest than their opponents. So good sign for the Magic that they're going to get the opportunity to play some of these teams uh, with a, without that disadvantage that they might otherwise have. Now, the schedule is very tough. Like I said on Tuesday, uh, when I when I recapped the schedule coming out, uh, coming out Monday, um, I said I do believe that it's important that the Magic get out to a fast start. They go on the road for their first big West Coast road trip just 12 games into the season. That means I think the Magic have to be probably at that 4-7 and seven mark. I would prefer 5-6. and six. I would probably prefer to be 6-5, and five, but I'm not going to push my luck. Uh, but the Magic, I feel like, have to get out to a good start to get A, buy-in to their system and, and belief in what they're doing, and B, to weather themselves for this upcoming road trip. That's just my opinion. And so getting out to a fast start this year is going to be a little bit of a challenge for the Magic. Before January 1st, 2018, the Magic will play 38 total games. That's roughly half the season. 21 of those 38 games will come on the road. It's okay balance. But the Ma- that's actually the most road games in the entire NBA before January 1st. And January does them no favors. I think five of their 13 games in January come on the road. That means the Magic's first half to their schedule is very, very road heavy. They're going to have to get some wins on the road to keep themselves in that playoff hunt. And and like we've all kind of suspected, the East playoff hunt's going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. There's going to be a lot. It, It feels like they've all come down to about where the Magic are. But if you want to build confidence, if you want to make that run, if you want to surprise people, you got to do it early. Because usually by about the quarter pole, a little bit past the quarter pole of the season, everyone's in the position they're going to be. It's it, it, There are exceptions. There's obviously instances where teams fall apart or fall back to the pack or make a run. I mean, the Miami Heat last year are a perfect example of this. But most teams find themselves in playoff position by about the quarter pole of the season. So, like I said... Magic need a strong start, and that's going to be very difficult with how road-heavy this schedule is. And like I said, that first big road trip comes only 11 games into the season. Last year, that first big road trip, which was the first week of December, came 18 games into the season. So that's going to be very. That's going to be something to watch out for. How well do the Magic play on the road? Uh, from a raw schedule standpoint, I think it's also important to note who they play only three times this season in the Eastern Conference. That's the Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, and Toronto Raptors. Raptors are the only of that group that are surefire, that I would argue are a surefire playoff team. I think the Pistons and the Sixers will definitely be in the running for a playoff spot. The Pacers, I'm not sold that they'll be as bad as some people think. I think that they... 
uh, can stay competitive in this Eastern Conference. If the Magic can be competitive in the Eastern Conference, I think that the Pacers certainly can be too. Uh, but I think you're kind of seeing here uh, that that the Magic do get some favors in the schedule there. Um, you know, they don't. You know, they're, they're not they're not skipping out on four games with some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, but they do get most of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference four times. So that's, again, four opportunities to pick up wins, which I think are very, very valuable. I, I always say this when it comes to the NBA schedule, though. It's a schedule. There's, there, there is some variance. Obviously, I think that road-heavy portion at the beginning of the season could play a very big effect for the Magic. But generally, the, Mag- the NBA schedule is as balanced as any schedule uh, in any professional sports. So I think that generally it's more about what you do. It's more about how do you prepare yourself for the season? Are you a good team in the end? And so I think that that's, uh, that's really what this thing comes down to. We can break down the schedule as much as we want, but at the end of the day, it comes down to are the Magic good enough to pick up wins and get themselves to the playoffs or to into a position to make the playoffs and schedule is going to be what the schedule is. You can't control it now. Now you got to just go out and play. And, and that's really what everyone's trying to figure out right now about this magic team is how exactly are they going to play? Who, who exactly is this team? I think that when it comes to projecting this magic team, they're still a healthy amount of skepticism, and after the last five years, who can blame them? This team has not done anything to convince anyone that they are ready to take that next step, and we're seeing that a lot in the projections that we're seeing that we're seeing come out. There was the ESPN did their real plus minus uh, st- statistic uh, projections that had the Magic up at thirty two wins. That was very favorable, it, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Um, it, it seemed like it believed that the Magic did take a step forward and and that's that's good. I think that that's 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 good to hear. Uh the latest projections come from ESPN summer forecast. They have the Magic at 30 wins. Not a huge step up, but still an improvement from 29 wins. And I think just the general consensus is this team didn't do anything to its starting lineup. Yeah, they added some nice pieces to their bench, but is that enough? to get you from where the Magic were to where the Magic want to be, and that's in the playoffs. And I think the answer to that question is, quite fairly, probably not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm still thinking about what I what I think this Magic team is going to do and trying to predict it, but I would say right now I'm kind of sitting in that 33, 34, 35 win range. I do think that makes them short of the playoffs, but I think that that's still some... Nice improvement, not significant improvement, but a nice improvement. Because like all these predictions, I see the Magic having made some improvements this summer. I see the Magic uh, having done some things to make their team better, but not demonstrably better, not clearly better. And when it comes to these predictions, it's more about certainty and and where you're willing to allocate risk. And that's not where the Magic are right now. They're, they're not a team that I think anyone is willing to kind of stick their neck out and say, this team is better today than they were yesterday, yesterday, or that much better today than they were yesterday. I think everyone wants to kind of see uh, what what this team looks like. 
Um, and, and a lot of it, maybe they didn't watch the Magic toward the end of last season, or some of it maybe, and this is probably where I fall, they don't know how much to trust what they saw last year, whether the team that played after the All-Star break is really the team the Magic are going to be and whether that is sustainable over an 82-game season and how much that team wins. I think that that is a very legitimate question to ask and a very legitimate question that, that the Magic will need to answer. We're not there yet, obviously. We're nowhere near there yet. But I think, again, I, I think there are some signs that, that show that, yeah, there are, some, there are still some major problems with this team. Our good pal Chris Barnwell of CBS Sports, who's been a guest on this podcast, uh, posted his League Pass watchability rankings uh, over the weekend. Uh, and he placed the Magic 28th. And, you know, I cannot blame him for that. I don't think it's the pessimistic Magic fan at all. I think that the Magic are not yet a League Pass darling team. Sure, Aaron Gordon's nice, but Aaron Gordon has never has not formed into a fully formed player yet. And I think one of the problems with the Magic overall is they don't have that defining star or that defining young player that everyone thinks can turn into a star. That uh, everyone kind of describes their rebuild right now as rudderless. I think that's a fair way to describe it just because they don't have that kind of guiding light to, to build around. I think Gordon can get there and I think Gordon is good for a highlight a game, but that's not enough to get people to to tune in on League Pass if they don't otherwise have to watch the Magic play. That's kind of where the Magic are at, and I think that's what informs a lot of these predictions we're seeing. The Magic don't have that star. They don't have a clear player who's going to turn into a star. Their rookie, Jonathan Isaac, is still really, really raw and young. He's going to have flashes. He's going to have moments where he looks really good, but I don't think the Magic want to or are going to rely on him very much this season. It's going to be a huge process with him. Aaron Gordon can get to that level, I think, but I don't think any again, I don't think anyone is willing to bet on it so clearly at this point in his career because he just hasn't shown it through three years. Things can change very quickly. If the Magic fit together well, if they play like they did toward the end of last season with a better bench, better defense, who knows? They they can surprise. I think they have that within them. But if I'm a national writer, if I'm a non-Magic fan, I look at that and I think, why am I investing in that? They, they haven't proven themselves to me yet. And so that's where I think a lot of people sit when it comes to the Magic and why we're not seeing anyone willing to pull the trigger on the Magic as a playoff team. I, I just, I, 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 I'm not going to argue with that because they're not there yet. They might get there. I, I think it's within the realm of possibility but they're not there yet. And I think the Magic will have to prove to everyone again early in the season with a very difficult road-heavy schedule. They're going to have to prove to everyone very early in the season that they are going to be in that race and that they have made these improvements that I think everyone wants to see. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic for companion articles exploring some of these issues a little bit more. Uh, we're kind of going through the dead point of this of the season, so there may be some days this week where I don't post an episode. I'm, I'm still planning out my week. I'm hoping to maybe try and get uh, a few more guests to talk a little bit more about the upcoming season. Uh, but otherwise, uh, always, something go- always something going on, but 
If there if there's any breaking news, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can of course follow us on Twitter as well at OMagicDaily, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Philip R R underscore O M D. That's P H I L I P R R underscore O M D. That's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman. Right. Enjoy the eclipse, everyone, and I'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.